everybody. Coming up on today's episode of the MoWo Show, Alex and I are going to break down some news and updates around Microsoft 365. We've got a discussion about hybrid work and hybrid meetings, how you can make those work for your team. We're going to take our first viewer voicemail. I'm really excited about that segment. And the results are in from last week's feature versus feature, Alex's feature versus my feature. We've got a winner and we're going to get you some new features to vote on for the coming week. Ladies and gentlemen, it's more fun than a Rogers Communication Board meeting. It is the MoWo Show. We are. Good Howdy morning. Doody. How are you, Mr. Alex, Mr. Ryan? Hey, I love the formality. I mean, we are professionals here, after all. Everything you know, I folks, do is professional. When, no, when when Alex and I actually meet each other in person, it's like, hey, hey, what's know, up? What's up? How you doing? Yeah, not bad. Hey, nice shirt. Thank you. I picked it up myself. Yeah, same. Yeah, same. You didn't even get the. Did you get the color memo? Um. Yeah. Well, I wrote the color memo. Just burgundy today. Nice. Uh, hopefully that was an all-staff email. <laughs> I'm kidding. All Welcome, right. folks. Welcome back to the MoWo Show. If it's your first time here, thank you so much for joining us. If you are a repeat viewer, thank you so much for returning back. And we appreciate it. Episode number 60. Yeah. Exciting times. We have a big agenda today, so let's jump into it. We've got a lot of things happening here. But before we do that, uh, Ryan, are we... Are, like what's what's happening with you? What's new with you today? It's new with me. It's been a busy week. I'm getting lots of things done. I'm excited. I've got uh, in in the discussion panel. So remember last week he asked me, oh, Ryan, what features are you really excited about uh, that are coming down the pipe? We talked about roadmap last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally got some stuff that I'm excited about. And it was uh, in sort of prep and research for the discussion piece today. Uh, so I'll share those. I'm really excited about that. All right. Um, yeah, it's about the same for me. Really busy week, trying to wrap up a number of things that are just on the dock. Um, while and next week we have Ignite, we'll talk about that in a little bit. So I'm looking forward to that because it's just like a week of stuff happening. So um, the days are getting darker, um, days are getting shorter, but you know what? We've got coffee, we've got news. I think we should jump into it. Let's do it. First story is yours. Take it away. First story. Um, so this is a correction from last week. Ultimately, um, when we, we uh, were showing off the new uh, Office 365, the Microsoft 365 roadmap, I had somehow, and I'm not quite sure how, but I was taken to the old one. So um, this is just a correction from last week. And this is the actual new roadmap that you can actually get to from Microsoft's website. Um, just look up Microsoft 365 roadmap. It's a much cleaner experience. Um, everything's just tidied up. And ultimately, it's a little easier to find. I do like the new interface. And yeah, I just want to throw that one out there. New roadmap. There's a lot of stuff that's still is scheduled to come out for the end of this year. And it's nicely highlighted at the top. So definitely check it out if you're interested in seeing what's coming down for your favorite Microsoft 365 product, technology, or anything else that uh, Microsoft is putting out there. Um, yeah, I just want to put that out there. Sweet. Next up on the list. We got some uh, support ending it. Uh, do you want to take this one, Ryan? Sure. Uh, and uh, just in, I can't remember what I was looking up, but I saw this come across Twitter this morning that uh, mobile app support is ending from Microsoft for the Teams app on some older flavors of Android. So if you're using Android Lollipop, Marshmallow, or Nougat, that's Android 5, 6, and 7. Maybe you've got an older Android phone that is just not updating or, or newer versions of Android is not supported for those devices. You've got until March, July, and September next year to uh, to get a new phone, basically, uh, that does support newer versions of Android. Uh, if you go into your settings, and I'm sure it's in the about Android or system 
options. Uh, you can go see which version you're running. Again, if you can't upgrade past seven, it uh, might be time for a new phone if you are a heavy duty Microsoft Teams user on the go. Yeah, ultimately, if you're still on five, six, and seven, just the security updates alone, you're probably in, in dire need of a new device. Android 5, Lollipop, that takes me back to what was that, 2013. It was good times. It was really good times. Those are really exciting times for the mobile space because everything yeah. was just really starting to get interesting. Um, that was like Nexus 5. That was like around the year I got my, um, that's around the time I got my mobile device or um, my Moto X. Those are, those yeah. are some really cool devices. Um, when smartphones weren't quite all the same size and shape and basically identical in almost every way, except like a camera bump in the back. Um, I had the Samsung Galaxy Edge, whatever, Galaxy 6, something, something Edge, the one with the curved glass on the side. Oh, nice. I remember you look, you looked at that. You looked at that phone the wrong way and the glass would break. No kidding. Um, I mean, I've broken my share of like phones prior to that, my old BlackBerry Storm. I think we're talking <laughs> about this last one. I smashed that thing pretty well. Uh, they've gotten stronger. They've gotten a little better, but man, I, I do miss those and those early Android days. So some good times. Hey, we've got some feedback from Don. It's in Android setting system about phone. That's where you can find your version number. Mm -hmm. I hope that's the same across well, Samsung, LG, Sony, and all the other OEMs, if that's all consistent or not. Hard to say, but that's right. part of the fun of Android, right? I you never know what you're going to get under the hood. Yeah. <laughs> What's next? Next up, uh, it's we're looking at Ignite next week. So ultimately, if you've never really been to Ignite, if you have no idea what this is, this is one of Microsoft's, um, well, now several conferences that they do each year. And this is the, this is their big one that they bring out every November or so, where they kind of showcase a lot of stuff that might be coming up in their pipeline, work that they've been doing with a lot of their trusted partners. And ultimately, this is just a big showcase of talks and sessions led by Microsoft employees, developers, product leads, and as well as uh, some of their partners as well. And it covers everything from Microsoft 365, artificial intelligence, mixed reality. So, of course, they have their VR and AR support, the Internet of Things. So that's where they take all their um, technology and mix it in with special devices. That's a really cool just corner of the web itself. If you really like gadgets and technology, that is a whole subsection of interest. And, of course, they have cybersecurity updates. And I think their biggest focus... Um, this year and in the last couple of years has been hybrid work. So I think this year is going to be no exception. Um, these are free sessions. So if you are interested in just seeing what Microsoft has coming down the pipeline, you can register for free with the Microsoft account, your work one, your personal one, and or even your LinkedIn account, I'm pretty sure. So yeah, check it out if you want to. Um, just look up Microsoft Ignite on, um, just search for it, Google it, Bing it, and um, see what the, see what they have to offer. Absolutely. And, yeah. and folks, these, these used to be paid uh, sessions. I mean, um, way back when you used to fly somewhere and eat conference food for two days and go and mix and mingle with people, but uh, that's still not the reality anymore. So these events are virtual um, for us in the Microsoft space. Very, very exciting. But the fact that they're free now and, and anyone can join in, um, go check it out. You may see something very, very interesting about a Microsoft product that you use, if you're really, really interested in Windows, if you're really, really interested in um, cybersecurity, or maybe you're looking to make a career change and you want to get into tech, uh, this is a great way to see what's going on, sort of the forefront of, of everything Microsoft. And as Alex mentioned, definitely a hybrid work uh, theme here to this uh, this year's Ignite sessions again. Yeah, I feel like they're going to be carrying that uh, torch for a little while because yeah. it's not going away anytime soon. Right. Uh, before we move on, Ryan, is there anything you're really looking forward to this year? It's three I days like of conferences, so there's got to be something in there that's got your interest. Uh, so uh, I love the terminology Microsoft. They they call it, um, I think they call it your session briefcase. You can add things to your session briefcase. Um, so I've got some sessions in there about Teams, obviously, about Teams phone and um, some of the advancements they've made there. I've got some Viva sessions. So interesting to see how um, partners like Movo may be able to, to get content into Viva. I'm definitely excited about that. Um, there's a few Windows sessions. I always tune in for Power Automate sessions because you know me. Fair. Uh, 
And there's a lot, I don't know if you noticed, there's a lot in this year's rundown on endpoint management, so device management and uh, bringing, uh, bringing devices into corporate management. So I will be checking those out and reporting back uh, yeah, on I the Mo like, Show in a few weeks. Yeah, I feel like that has a lot to do with that hybrid thing. So now yep. corporations are having to decide, hey, if people are going to stay remote, we need control of those devices we're mm-hmm. putting out there or people's own devices that they're just using at home for work and personal use. Um, having endpoint is probably a key part of that equation. Right. Um, there are you, fewer, sorry. How about you? What are you, what are you looking forward to? There are fewer sessions than I was hoping for, but I am looking forward to seeing some stuff on windows 11 and how Microsoft is suggesting we adopt it and what it has to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen some limited stuff out there already. And I've watched a bunch of reviews from all the YouTube tech reviewers and bloggers, and it all seems all good and fine, but I, See, I'd like to see what Microsoft is kind of has in store for this for their big conference of the year. So this one will be an interesting one. And of course, I'm still waiting on some news on, fingers crossed, Teams 2.0, some news and updates on that, as well as the next evolution of Outlook, which rumor has it was called Outlook 1. There's no guarantee that this will be a thing even next year or the next year, the year before that or after that. Um, this is something that started getting rumored I guess last year, last year, a year. Yeah. 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 And essentially it's kind of a unified version of outlook that runs mainly in a browser or like a web wrapper. So, and it's supposedly, supposedly going to replace the desktop app. So that way everyone oh, is using the same no. version of outlook. Don't take my desktop outlook away. I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm expecting to see. Micro, like at one point, Microsoft might say, you know what? We're going to have everyone on the same version of Outlook and it's going to streamline everything. And then people are going to complain and then they're going to double back. And then we're just going to have an additional version of Outlook to support. <laughs> it's like, there, do you know the comic XKCD? This, are you talking about the standards one? Hey, there's 13 standards for yep. cables on you my laptop. We need to make one. Yep, that's now the there's one. 14 standards for cables in my laptop. Yep, love yep. that one. That's like right out of Microsoft's playbook. Hey, we're gonna unify everything. I mean, yep. look at OneNote. We have two versions still, not <laughs> counting the mobile apps. We have two desktop versions. One's the classic, and one is the Windows 10, uh, that universal app that they released yep. with Windows 10 way back. Um. Earlier this year, they were like, hey, we're going to work towards unifying them finally. And we'll see where that goes. But ultimately, I think it, sound, it sounds like they're still going to have two versions, but they're slowly going to wean out the Windows 10 version over time. We'll see where that goes, we'll but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> and I'm also looking forward to seeing some updates on fluid components because it's been they've been talking about this for years and there's been some things starting to come out this year but I haven't seen a lot have you seen anything land in uh in the tenants on your end or any of your tenants no they keep talking up those um the building blocks of fluid where you can start mm-hmm. a list over here but have it in a chat and, and edit it in all of those different places i think it's going to unlock some really cool ways to collaborate so we'll, we'll definitely keep our eyes on that yeah so all their screenshots just kind of showcase adding tasks in multiple places and having multiple people editing a table in multiple places. Seems cool, but not fully convinced on what the use cases for those are until I get my fingers on them. Yeah. Um, Microsoft did a big, well, they did a large public uh, beta on this one, just the component side called Fluid Components. And it was just this isolated pocket of Office 365 where you actually got to play with them. And they looked really cool. They looked really nice, but ultimately their their functionality just seemed a little bare compared to yeah. using a table in Word or Excel or even PowerPoint in some cases. So we'll see where it goes. I'm looking forward to it. And I just, I want to see some updates on this to see what where they're taking it because yeah, there's a lot I, of really good applications for it. My hunch is it's in response to other apps like Notion and what is it? Dropbox has paper there's a or evernote there, there's a few of these other ones where it's very very real-time collaboration on a documentless format mm-hmm. um, we'll we'll see where it goes we'll see where it goes oh yeah exactly i'm i'm, I'm keeping hopeful because i really want to see what we can do with this and mm-hmm. see where we can take it because like things like tasks 
Now, we don't have a full hour just to talk about the state of tasks <laughs> in Office 365, but yeah. they are bringing some options in there where you can take your, you can create tasks and assign tasks in the meeting and then find them assigned to you somewhere else. I'm not really sure where yet. Um, but there, this is kind of where Office 365 has this opportunity to kind of unify all these different com components, for lack of a better mm -hmm. term, across the suite. And without a lot of the barriers that we've seen where, you know, certain apps are only accessible certain ways and other fun features are only accessible in other ways. So I'm hoping a lot of those walls and old barriers are really broken down, especially yeah. for Planner. But yep. again, that's a rant for another day. You know what? We've we've been we've been spending some time making really nice graphics for the Moho show. I should have something that pops on screen. Alex is going to rant about tasks in Teams and Planner. <laughs> we should just have that as a graphic. I'm kidding, buddy. I'm kidding. It'll just be. We'll just have, keep that on the side. It's like emergency rant about tasks. Here we go. And folks, Alex rants because he cares. He cares about task management and planning. It's because I'm passionate. Yes, yeah. absolutely. That's what we'll say. Uh, another passion, um, discussion. Uh, this is sort of another new segment that we want to try out here. And uh, the topic for today's discussion is actually an article uh, Microsoft put out in early September. And I've been sort of hanging on to it and digesting it. Uh, it was it was really um, cutely titled, Hybrid Work is Hard. Uh, and so I thought we could dive into that for, for a couple of minutes, Alex. Um, the bulk of the article, and I'll put the link in the show notes uh, a little later on. The bulk of the article, though, is talking about the hybrid meeting experience. And if you don't know what that is, it is, again, um, you may have a boardroom and you may have five people there with you, but you may have people working from home or people that are deciding they, they don't want to be in a room with other people. So they'll stay at their desk or their cube or, or their own office. Uh, or again, their home coffee shop customer. Um, so that sort of terming these as as hybrid meetings is is great, as again it reminds us that we've got people in the room with us, and we have people that are not in the room with us physically, but they're still participating in the meeting. So uh, again, take a take a read through the article. My my big point or my big point of discussion I wanted to raise with you, Alex, is let's explore how to build a culture that takes hybrid meetings into consideration. Um, little things like it's very, very easy to point to people in the room and have them engaged in the meeting, um, asking them for feedback, looking at their body language, those nonverbal cues. Mm -hmm. Again, if you're doing that in the hybrid scenario where people are not in the room, you got to have a culture where cameras are always on, where the participation for the people out of the room is just as good for the participation and engagement for the people that are in the room. Uh, if you're sharing files and documents on screen, things like that. So there's a lot in that article about what's coming from Microsoft and in particular Teams meetings, some really cool changes to uh, if you're in the boardroom, let's say, and you have your smartphone, maybe you don't bring your laptop. And I would argue that that's an old rule or an old habit that has to die. Um, I've worked for organizations where if you brought your laptop into a meeting, you weren't focused on the meeting. You might be answering emails. Uh, it's think, like half true. I think that's, <laughs> that's, you know, some, uh, an old vestigial thing that just needs to go away because you're bringing your laptop to better participate with the people that aren't in the room with you that are still part of the meeting. So we think we have things like chat in meetings we have things like reactions in meetings the little thumbs up and the hearts and those types of things again really really important non-verbal things you don't have to disrupt the presenter and the flow that they're in if they're giving a, a presentation or a pitch or instructions or a quarterly review whatever it happens to be uh, you can give non-verbal feedback and so the article goes on to talk about what they call the team's meeting companion uh, and that experience. So again, if you are in the room, you haven't brought your laptop, but you got your smartphone, you can still take advantage of things like reactions. You could still chat in a text message with participants in the meetings. You can, uh, if anyone uses a Teams meeting app, like a poll or some of those other third-party uh, Teams meeting apps, um, and the, the, that extensibility, you can still participate even though you're in the physical room and I think that's a pretty big change 
from even three or four years ago where if you were in the meeting room, if you were at the boardroom table, you were expected to have your laptop shut. You were expected to be staring at the, the projector screen at the front of the room and participating in a very physical and verbal way. I like the idea of being able to interact from my phone because personally, I hate bringing my laptop everywhere in the office, um, especially for meetings because they're clunky. They take time to set up unless you have a specific need, like maybe you're chairing the meeting and you need your full presentation and all that. Sure. Maybe you do take notes or you're transcribing something. Sure. But if you're just there to participate and chat and add some feedback do you need your laptop a mobile device especially to connect and, and engage with people is feels a lot less intrusive um and plus you know i can check the status of my amazon packages uh, <laughs> you know while someone's yammering on about uh stuff in the background but ultimately it's like it's it's an interesting step and you're right it is a cult it is a culture shift and a dynamic shift for how we've coordinated meetings and how we've said in the past how meetings should be run where you know people are dialed into the center of the room and you're engaged and you're smiling and nodding and um am i convinced this is where things are going to go in five years i'm not quite sure yet mm -hmm. Because while Microsoft will want to say, hey, we have technology to help make your meetings more productive, um, use technology to solve these problems, I'm not entirely convinced that technology is the sole answer to these. They can help and guide us in, in directions. Um, but ultimately, when it comes to how we run meetings, I think the that classic structure is going to have to change mm -hmm. in terms of what the meeting is, how we actually get that information to each other, and how we actually collaborate. Traditionally, meetings, what's a meeting all about in the end of the day? It's to get people into a room to make a decision really quickly. Yep. Or it could be to update us. But then you start asking questions. It's like, well, do I actually need to have meetings for this? Do I need to have a bunch of people, my entire team in the room, my entire department in the room, um, this project team in the room to have these conversations or are they better off in a channel in an email in chat where people can read and engage yes they're slower than face-to-face -face conversation even slower than having an online conversation in a call or a meeting um but i think there's also there's some room for flexibility in terms of the why we have a meeting yeah. and the structure that we bring to those meetings to get to the end result of making a decision or sharing information that other people need to know. And the thing I was thinking about this the other day in terms of hybrid meetings and just meetings in general, the thing we lost when everyone had to start working remotely and work online is eye contact. We, it's so hard to, mm -hmm have eye contact with people um, through a camera because you're either looking at the camera or you're looking at the screen. And I'm guilty of this. We're all guilty of this. It's a hard dynamic to shift, especially if you're, you know, working in the office, you have people you have to look at at eye, at eye contact. And if you want to engage with the people on camera, then you have to look at a webcam, yeah. which is just not the same. Ultimately, I would like to see the only, I don't have a solution for this ultimately, but I was thinking the other day, I'm like, well, this the closest thing we could probably do to solve the eye contact problem would be virtual reality or AR. Oh, you reality. read my mind. Hologram is just have your your colleague, you know. Not even a hologram. Okay, so let's say you you got to have everyone in the room. You yeah. put on the headset. So now yeah. you're not in a room with five. Let's say you're in a room with five people. Put on the headset. Now you're in a room with ten or more. Yeah, because all the remote people are in the same room, and what you end up doing now is being able to look at your avatar and people's avatars. And if the eye tracking is correct, if the positioning is correct, you could be looking eye to eye at someone else's avatar at each other and get that same experience that we that we lose through webcams alone. This is my pie in the sky. Ideally, you know, if we want to go fantasy, sci-fi, you want the holograms in there. You want the person physically floating in the room that you can engage with in real time, a la Star Wars. But we're a very long way from anything like that. We do already have AR 
avatars. We have those. Uh, Microsoft did their that weird thing last Ignite where everyone was in that uh, 3D dance yeah. fire thing. Um, not quite what I'm thinking of, but it's <laughs> in the right direction because having everyone in the same room, having everyone as some kind of avatar mm-hmm. that you can engage with face-to-face, I think is the right direction to go in. If we can find a seamless way to bring that into the office that is not going to break the bank, then I think you're going to have a really nice experience and it might make your meetings just like a wee bit more interesting. Just, just food for thought on that. No, I, I I think, I think we're, we're definitely headed in that direction. I think what, what Microsoft sort of talks about in, in this article is that that step in between is we still have this, we still have people here and there and we still have people um, present physically and, and present virtually and just, shift the etiquette and shift the culture around accepting that there are people that you don't see physically and they're not in the same room breathing the same air you are uh, but they're at home or they're at another place and they still need to participate so talk to them mention them let them use features that don't interrupt the flow of the meeting Um, in the article they talk a lot about multi-camera setups and teams room setups where um, the viewer at home can't look around the room, but maybe if you give them a couple different camera angles, they could, or different types of cameras that uh, have a wide angle lens or focused on individual users. And again, the the etiquette about bringing your laptop to a meeting, bring your laptop to a meeting and turn your webcam on so that someone can see the whole room, but they can also see individuals' um, faces, reactions, body languages as best they can without being in the room. So some really cool stuff. Um, again, I mentioned while I was researching this and looking through this article, I found some stuff to get really, really excited about. Uh, again, that meeting companion mode for the Teams mobile app looks really, really cool. There's something coming to Outlook, a redesign of what they call work hours, where you'll be able to set your work hours uh, in your Outlook calendar, but also pick days when you're in the office and pick days when you're working remotely. So when people, when people book you for calls, they'll know to expect you on, on the Teams meeting virtually, or they'll know to expect you to walk in any second to the boardroom with your laptop and coffee, if you will. Um, so that's really, really cool coming down the, um, down the pipe. I don't know when. It's just listed in the article, of course. Um, booking hot desks and booking rooms will be a little bit different in Outlook as well. Um, Again, if offices are changing where people don't have assigned desks anymore, you may want to book that nice corner cube that you like, that the chair is just just cozy enough. Uh, mm-hmm. That's all coming through to Outlook as well. And then the last thing I saw was what they call cameo mode in PowerPoint, where, uh, again, when we present in a room, typically we stand in front of our slides. We stand in front of a projector screen or a really nice TV mounted to the wall. Um, in cameo mode with PowerPoint, it will do its best to do sort of cut you out of your background and paste you in front of your PowerPoint slides. So you can do um, just it's just a different way to present. And again, it may engage folks that are not in the room with you, seeing you stand in front of uh, a, a big smart board or a big uh, a display. So cool stuff. And I, I got really excited about those things coming, uh, but I did just want to underscore Keep your meeting culture light and friendly. Don't be afraid to experiment. Be open to changing your etiquette for hybrid meetings. Just keep make meetings fun again. Or were they ever fun? Or if you don't have to have a meeting, don't have a meeting. <laughs> yeah, and ultimately, it's basically. I I think we just need to break down the definition of what the meeting is actually for yeah. and what that entails. Every industry, every organization is going to have a different interpretation of what True. should a meeting should look like, how it should be run, and within your parameters. Because some organizations require you to have suit and tie if you are in if you are like practicing law and you have to be on webcam these days to go through your proceedings you're likely you're not going to be in your pajamas um while you're doing that some will but um that's you know everyone's your personal business yeah but ultimately um you're right being able being flexible and open to the idea of hey 
the way we've been running meetings back in the day doesn't really make that much, might not make that much sense anymore. Mm -hmm. So what does it actually have to look like? What does it actually have to accomplish? Let's let's work backwards and figure out what we have to work with. Because half of our workforce is at home and half is in the office sometimes and they mix around. Then you need an environment that enables both of those to do the best they can to get to that end goal. Don't have your meetings for the sake of having a meeting. That mentor, that thought process, that right. culture should have died quite a while ago. At least, like, well, I, it, ideally before it, before we all started working remotely. But yeah. now that we are, you gotta scale back your meetings and make them a little bit more pl- uh, practical and a little more targeted. There's a, a Elon Musk's meeting mantra. You shared that with me once. Um, you can go back and remember, like if he, if Elon Musk is in a meeting and he doesn't have anything to contribute, he just gets up and leaves. And he kind of expects that with, with his folks too. If, if you're in a meeting and you don't got anything to say, get the road, Jack. Why are yep. you there? Yep. Why do you need to be there? Your physical presence in a meeting, if unless you have something to contribute is not really that great. Another case in point. Every month I do a um, an update from our C5. This is our, our committee internally for environmental stuff, or, um, volunteer work. And so the first of the month, I'll do uh, like, like a 15, 20 minute update from C5. And I put the invite out there for people. I let everyone know what's going on. But I don't really expect people to attend because it's not required they don't really have anything to add to it because it's just me talking to a camera mm-hmm. and I record it. So ultimately, if you are there, if you if you're there, great. Asking questions, great. If you if you're busy, you don't have it and you don't have time, yep. then don't Catch worry up. about it. Catch up on you it can, later. Yeah, you can just have a one way meeting to share your updates. You can do that right in a team channel and just say, "Hey, here's my update on this project. Leave some comments in this thread and mm-hmm. mention me if you have any thoughts." That's or really all it has to be if it's an update. Now, obviously, if you need to have back and forth collaboration to reach decisions and work on it, that's a different situation. So right. uh, adjust accordingly. But you have a lot more options than you used to to do a lot of those objectives that meetings originally set out to do. Inform people. Uh, uh, get decisions made. Figure out where things are at so you can move ahead on your day. I even mean, pop, how often even, do you hear about um, date stand-up meetings these days? I think those are starting to kind of like shrink down into nothingness because yeah. they seemed excessive to begin with. And now now that everyone's working remotely, having to log in at 9 a.m. to do a stand-up meeting and tell everyone what you're doing, send them a message. Put yeah. it in your Slack or your Teams or a chat message, email, doesn't matter. Do you right. need to log in and be on camera at 8 o'clock in the morning to update everyone? No. I mean, we, and we've got other things to like co-authoring documents together. Uh, that's something that our team uses a ton. That saves us from formally having to to set meeting time aside. We leave comments for each other in meetings and, uh, or sorry, in documents and and chats as well. Um, even whiteboarding, uh, you used to have to go down to that one boardroom in the office that had a whiteboard to pop a squat and go draw something out. But now we've got virtual whiteboards. We've got that experience just as good as as gold. So. Uh, again, people may be in that room and be able to see the whiteboard. People joining from home may not be able to. So just be inclusive and and keep these tools in mind as you move your meetings uh, meetings forward. Yeah. Um, so anyone on the call, if you're watching later on, let us know what you think or me. Like, what would you like to see the future of hybrid meetings look like? What works for your industry or your work case? If you have something, if, if you have a story or something that you you do in your organization that works really well, let us know and we'll talk about it sometime in the future. Right? I think it's time we we battled. We it's battled. It's time to battle. It's time to battle. All right, folks, the long-awaited results are in from last week's feature versus feature showdown, smackdown battle. Um, booyah. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of saw this one coming, and I probably would have voted for at mentions if I was a neutral party, but um, this this is a fair one. Outlook categories in teams is cool. At mentions are just a lot more useful, so I can see why a lot of people sided with you on this one. Just this once, though. 
<laughs> well, I know you're bringing the heat today, so we'll get to that in just a second. But let's update the scoreboard for everybody keeping track at home. Uh, it's a show that everything's made up and the points don't matter, except they do. <laughs> except they do. Because I'm winning <laughs> this week. So, yeah. again, folks, we're going to keep score. We're going to do this. If you want us to feature a feature, just drop us a note in the show or we'll show you how to how to leave us a voicemail in the future. If you want to send us some inspiration, uh, we'll do our best to respect your feature and, and put it to the test. But uh, All right. Well, Mr. Winner... Because you won, you get to start off this week with no your pressure. feature. No pressure, right? So this week, I, I'm making it even more humble and simple. It is a newer feature in Teams. You can go into the Teams desktop app, or you can go into the Teams web app, and you can go into your settings. Uh, again, that's in the top right corner, whether you're, you're on desktop or web. And there's a new section here under our settings menu for files. And you can change your preference, whether you want Office documents, Word, PowerPoint, and Excel files to open in Teams, to stay in Teams, or do you want them to open over in the browser? Using the desktop app, you can, again, pick the uh, desktop apps it will recognize there as well. So uh, I know some people think that this is a big sort of speed bump, especially if you're in a conversation, you open a document and it takes over your teams, you got to go back and forth and back and forth. If you want these things to bump out to the browser, so you have a dedicated window, uh, if you've got multi-monitor and that's works better for your workflow, by all means, you can go ahead and change this here. Or if you love staying in teams for everything, if that's your flow, if that's your jam, just leave the setting unchanged and files will open in the viewer for Word, PowerPoint and Excel right inside of Teams. So a very, very humble tip, a newer feature. We'll see how it stacks up against Alex this week. I'm a bit before worried. We jump, well, before we jump into that, I've got some thoughts. I've got some comments mm -hmm. on this one. I've tried this out, and mm -hmm. I was really glad that they brought this one in um, because you know maybe you don't want to open your apps in Teams. That's totally fine. Maybe you want to use the desktop app by default. Um, but I did find one little issue that they haven't resolved. And that's if your browser, if, you're, if your default browser isn't the one you signed in with your work account. Oh, there's a sign-in loop? It, it's worse. It, well, not even a sign-in loop. It just basically just doesn't really work for you. Because in Teams, you cannot tell it what browser you want it to open in by default. It's just going to choose whatever your OS default is. On my work computer, this is great because Microsoft Edge is my default browser and I'm signed into my Office 365 account on there. But on my personal computers, I'm not. I use a different default browser that's signed into a different Office 365 account. So every time I click on a link, it wants to open up in that other browser. And I'm not signed into it, so it just it's a dead end. Oh, well, just use Edge. <laughs> I do, but it's not my default. I know, I know. I'm just so fine. it's like, what do you do? So ultimately, I have to keep it at Teams just so I can control if where I want it to open up in the end of, at the end of the day. So that's a small gripe, but an important one to just capture there as people think about what they're going to vote for next time. <laughs> Don't worry, you'll get a chance to uh, rip into mine. I'm sure. Bring it. All on. right, good one. Opening up your files by default in your preferred uh, experience, Microsoft Teams or the browser or even the desktop app, if you prefer, is available to you. It's already rolled out. Check it out. And I, I believe, I really do believe that we'll have another setting here someday for your default browser because there's other file types that you would open mm -hmm. in Teams, um, you know, SharePoint links or OneDrive links that'll take you out to a SharePoint site or PDFs, maybe your browser of choices, also your PDF viewer. Um, I'd put money on that feature coming here soon too, as well. Well, you heard it here, folks. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> All right, what do I got lined up today? Uh, I'm going to make your day with my day. This is one of my favorite features that I use basically every day I get into work. I use it at the office. I use it for my personal stuff at home. It is just this nice little side widget that you can find in Office on the web. Um, going to office.com. It's got a little calendar icon with a little checkbox. It looks like the Microsoft to-do checkbox because it basically is. This nice little widget, side panel that opens up on the right-hand side, is a nice quick view of your Outlook calendar and your tasks from Microsoft to-do. 
And this basically allows you to check your upcoming appointments. This allows you to, you can view this in Outlook as well. View tasks that you flagged, uh, view emails that you flagged as tasks. You can look at what's coming up in your day. It's got everything in there because it, and it allows you to do all this without leaving the screen you're in. So you don't have to have Outlook open in a separate tab, or you don't have to have tasks or your calendar open in a separate tab. While you're going through your emails, you can actually see what's coming up, add something as a quick task. You can create events in it, including Teams meetings. So that way you have things captured as you're going through your email and making sure that you have everything captured in there. If you have things that you gotta, if you have to join a meeting, you can join it right in the browser. It'll open up in a new tab. And if, if, if it's a team meeting, so you have that link right there. It includes a little join option there. Anything that's connected to your Office 365 account is basically integrated in here very nicely. On the to-do side, you have access to all of your smart lists and your custom lists all on the same tab. So you can switch from your calendar to your Microsoft to-do tab at the top here. And then there's a drop down to allow you to swap between your default task list, your my day, your flagged emails, and all of your custom stuff as well. So it's really well integrated and allows you just to keep tabs on what you need to get done all without having to leave or have extra apps open, having to have your Outlook calendar open on another tab. It's at your fingertips. The only downside is that this is, well, and it's a downside depending on how you look at it, but it's ultimately only available in Outlook on the web and the office.com portal. But once you get past that, if you're in the browser all the time, then you have this thing at your fingertips just to help you out. So again, you can make tasks that are due today in the calendar feed. You can also add um, due dates to everything. You have the full functionality and you can do it all within that um, same window as well. So ultimately, this is something I use all of the time. It's one of my favorite features because I like having an agenda view of my calendar. I like being able to add tasks to things I need to get done today. And I like being able to launch my meetings and all that other stuff right from this tab without having to have extra stuff open. So that's my pick for this week. The My Day feature available in Office on the web compared to the... Um, default browser open um, default option available now in uh, Microsoft Teams. Really important stuff because if you're working on a lot of files, you got to be able to open up in the thing that you want. You got to work in them in whether it's the desktop app, the browser, or in Microsoft Teams as well. Can I can I add two things? Okay, okay, just this once. Just this once. Uh, number one, damn it, <laughs> that is a good feature. <laughs> uh, it'd be interesting to see though how the viewers vote. Uh, I'm curious. Again, that's. My day is awesome in, in Outlook on the web and Outlook.com. And, and um, folks that know me know I'm still a desktop Outlook holdout. The one thing that would put me over the edge that would make me absolutely dump desktop Outlook is if there was a cookie or a setting or something in my browser that knew I always wanted to have my day, that little drawer popped mm -hmm. out every time I was in Outlook on the web. If there was a feature some way a cookie, whatever, I will sign up for that 100%. And I, will dump, I will dump desktop Outlook when that happens. I mean, I I ditched years ago and I haven't looked back yet. And this is just, that was before they released my day. It just kind of set me over the edge and kept me in place on here. So definitely worth checking out um, if you're looking for um a way just to keep a quick eye on your tasks and calendar and you don't use Outlook tasks anymore and you're already in Microsoft to do, this is, it's just a good tool. Cool. Um, go vote. Yes. Go vote for your, for your favorite. We'll have that Twitter, um, we'll have that link in the um, in the chat ready for you. But you can go to our Twitter account at twitter.com slash teammoo and vote for the one that may, uh, works best for you. We'll have the results in next week's episode. So make sure you vote for Alex and not Ryan and we'll have a great time. <laughs> right on all right time, time for your voicemail all right folks this is the part where you get to participate in the moo show uh, of course we've had guests in the past and we will have guests in the future uh, if you want to get a question to us, though, and you want us to play your beautiful sounding voice live on the MoO Show, please go to voicemail.moo.show and you can leave us up to a 90 second clip. 
um, questions, comments, feedback, whatever you got. If you're stuck on something in Microsoft 365, if you're trying to do something in Teams, you're trying to get to Outlook, My Day View, and you just need a little bit of extra help, by all means, you can leave us a voicemail. And if it's a great question, we will feature you on the show. Uh, so we've got one all ready to go. And I believe you just need to unmute it there on your site, Alex, before you play it. And let's take a listen from Tori. Hey, Ryan and Alex, I get a daily email report and I'm wondering if there's a way that it can be automatically saved to my OneDrive so I don't have to go in every day and click and save it and then review it later. So is there an automatic way that it can be set to go to my OneDrive? Thanks, guys. Appreciate the help. I hope you got Tori's permission before you put her on the air. Yes. <laughs> so. Yes. And yes, the answer is yes to Tori's question. We can absolutely automate this for you. Um, I love automate, automation questions, as everybody knows. Uh, here we go. So where we're going to start, Tori, is you're going to want to go to office.com and take a look at Power Automate. If you haven't used it before, it may ask you a few questions about where you are in the world. And if you want email uh, reminders from Power Automate, by all means, your choice on those couple of questions. But if you go into the templates menu on the left-hand side, and just search email attachments or email attachments in OneDrive in the templates menu. There is a ready-to-go template called Save Office 365 Email Attachments to Specified OneDrive for Business Folder. So you got to make a couple of connections here. That's that blue continue button down at the bottom. Uh, once you click through that, you are going to get sort of the beginnings of your Power Automate flow. And so there's a few pieces to it here. Again, not to make this a Power Automate show, but there is our trigger. I'm already is, overwhelmed. Is when you get a new email, but there's don't 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 panic, Alex. There's some great stuff in I'm here. I'm trying not to, but there's, I'm already. <laughs> you don't have to tweak much. Don't have to tweak much to get this to work for you. So you pick the folder. If you've got email sorting already going on, maybe that report, that automated report, you're already putting it in a folder called reports. Uh, right where the mouse cursor is there, you can specify which folder. By default, it's going to pop into your inbox. And then uh, if you uh, see we've got a condition, that's going to let us decide um, who the email is from, what the subject line contains. This is just how we sort out and get to the exact email that we want. And then down on the second half of the flow, if you want to just advance the slide there, Alex, I will get our big heads out of the way here for just a quick second. Um, we've got after that condition, if it's met, put that put those attachments in a specified folder in your OneDrive. And if nothing happens, you still do something with those files if you so want to. Uh, if you just want to blanket and save everything to your OneDrive anyways. Uh, if you go to the next slide, though, and I'll show you where I've gone and filled this out. So you can see up in the subject filter, um, in the first block there, I've got inventory uh, reports. I've just added that as maybe that's what your SAP or QuickBooks or whatever inventory program you're using. Maybe that's what the automated report spits out anyway. So just using that subject filter is going to get this automate flow to just look for those emails. And then again, in our condition, I'm saying only look at emails coming from, you know, no reply at my accounting program.com, whatever it happens to be. So if it finds an email with that subject from that address, grab the attachments, and I went ahead and made uh, in my OneDrive account a subfolder called My Accounting Reports. Take the file name, take the file content, which is your attachment content. We didn't change anything. That's all from the template. Save it, turn it on, sit back, relax, and those question or sorry those uh, automated reports those attachments will be saved to your OneDrive very nice I actually used this one for a little while I don't mm -hmm. use it that much anymore but ultimately it was something that just really worked out because it just it was very thought it was very brainless and we get this question a lot about how to save emails to SharePoint and OneDrive the first question I always go is do you have backup turned on do you have e-discovery turned on why do you need backups of your emails in OneDrive and SharePoint when you already have copies of those in the back end mm -hmm. but there are use cases for them and ultimately if you do need physical copies that you need on a quick access then saving them directly to your OneDrive or saving them directly to um, 
uh, SharePoint might be a great solution. There are there are a number of different ways to accomplish this, and this is a nice, easy one if you just yep. like using a Power Automate template because you have full control of it. You can tweak it if you want later down the road, um, and you don't really have to worry too much about it once when it's up and running, for sure. I, I just wanted to highlight that the template's ready to go. You could tweak it and save it to SharePoint instead of OneDrive. It was more of a uh, document or report in in a team context instead of your personal context. I think it'll depend too a lot of what the report is. Mm-hmm. If you can find a way to automate the data and the reporting, maybe leverage Power BI, uh, build some dashboards. Lots of potential there as well. But uh, hopefully, Tori, that does answer your question, folks. If you've got a burning question, though, you can go to voicemail.moo.show. Uh, just click the record button there. Drop us your name so we know who to thank and acknowledge on the show. And uh, we'll get back to you with uh, with an answer. Absolutely. Thank you for your questions. And if you need, we'll have the links for everything we showed here in the episode description after we've posted this live. Um, so stay tuned for that as well. Right on. All right, Mr. Ryan. I think that's all we have for today. Yeah, no, that's that is the Moho show. Thank you so much for for watching all the way through. Just a few notes on what's coming up in the coming weeks and uh, ahead here with Team Moho next Wednesday. Uh, we will be back same bat time, same bat channel, eleven a.m. Central, four p.m. UTC. Um, you know, the only thing, the only negative thing about doing this show one hour later than than what we used to do, Alex. Is that coffee. I'm done. Coffee's gone and done for me by now. And and I ran out of time to run and grab an iced coffee. But uh, next time I will be prepared. It's um, too cold for iced coffees. What are you? No such of? thing. No such thing. <laughs> <laughs> it runs in my vein. I'm having uh, hot coffee in plus 40 days. I'm just like, I'm just that way. <laughs> and then as well, next week on Thursday, we do our other show, which is a little bit more instructional. That is MoWo Live uh, at the older time, 10 a.m. Central. Uh, you're taking the lead on that show, Alex. So why don't you tell folks what they can expect? Uh, so that's, we're returning to our watch and learn series. So last year we rolled this out actually a year ago, uh, last November, where we made a SharePoint site. And this year we're going to be making an app um, in Microsoft Teams to help us make an in-out board. Brian's going to be developing a lot of this in the back end. And um, we're, we're going to be working together to design it. We're going to be putting this out live and we're going to see what we can do. Um, we don't really know how this is going to go, which makes the the watch and learn series interesting. <laughs> um, so you're going to see us with our successes. You're going to see us with our failures and just come along for that journey and see what we can come up with. And if it's a success, we'll try and make it public to the rest of you. And um, yeah, see what we learn along the way. Looking forward to it. We're starting our next, our first watch and learn episode uh, next Thursday on November 4th. So definitely be there 10 a.m. Central, 3 p.m. UTC. Uh, Looking forward to it. It's one of my favorite times of the year. Do I need to adjust my profanity filter for those two episodes? <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'll have like the cow um, sound effects ready to go or the cat sound effects every time you use an explicit just in case. Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, automation doesn't always work, but hey, we'll do our best. All That's right. Fun. Thank you everyone for joining us and thank you for watching. You can always check us out and learn more about the Modern Workplace program, the MoWo team at MoWo.ca. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Team MoWo, where you can vote for your favorite feature, make suggestions for new ones, and also don't forget to leave us a voicemail. Thank you, Mr. Ryan. Great show today. Great times, as always. All right. Thank you as well, Alex. And we will catch everybody next week. We'll see you then. Take care.